Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning into Radio Harambe. No, you do not have to check your feed. This is a new <laughs> show, and I am on it. I'm Dave McBride. Joining me is Safari Mike. Mike, how are you? Jumbo, Dave, and I'm very excited for this episode. I know you are, too. Well, there's one thing that'll get Dave back on the podcast, and that's Joe <laughs> Rohde. <laughs> so we have an interview with Joe about his uh, sale of prints for sbcaw.org. We're going to be talking about those prints, and we're going to be talking about the the trip that uh, that revolves around it. So before we um, get into that, you have yeah. any plugs or something you always like to put on here before we? Oh sure, sure. We can, so go to go to uh, my Twitter handle or X, whatever you want to call it, at John Boy Everyone. Go to uh, our Instagrams, Safari underscore Mike or Disney's Animal Kingdom, and you will see T-shirts. You'll see links in the profiles <laughs> of all of those to our T Public store where we are also raising money for conservation. We're, we're uh, raising money for dole conservation now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, go on there, buy some awesome T-shirts, and then when you're done with that, go on uh, this CW, uh, sbcaw.org and buy some amazing art. We, we just made a nice donation to, uh, how do you say, Proyecto... Proyecto TT. TT, yeah. Uh, we just made a nice donation from all of you guys for buying T-shirts. We made a nice donation to them. So you are actually helping uh, at conservation with this. Anyway, you're actually going to hear me talk a little bit to Joe, but it is mostly Mike because he had a lot of <laughs> questions for him. Uh, so we'll take a little <laughs> break, right, and come back and talk to Joe Rohde. And joining us now, uh, yes, you're hearing my voice, but you're also going to hear somebody else <laughs> who uh, who we haven't talked to in a few months. Uh, joining myself and Safari Mike is, of course, really Mike and I's hero here. Let's be honest. Joe Rohde. <laughs> Joe, thank you for uh, joining us again. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, it's a pleasure. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Now, now Joe, we're going to talk about f- folks. Get out your map and <laughs> look into Asia. And in Asia, in the middle of humongous countries, countries like China and Russia, India, Mongolia, these big giant countries, is this little one in the middle of it all (laughs) that seems to punch above its weight a little bit culturally called Bhutan. Now, Mr. Rohde, why are we talking about Bhutan (laughs) and what drew you there? So Bhutan is a visually spectacular country. Um, 
And when we were first conceiving of Disney's Animal Kingdom and thinking about Himalayan areas that we might represent, Bhutan was really high on the list, uh, not only because it is a fantastically uh, environmentally rich country, they've preserved huge amounts of their own land, there's lots of wildlife, but also where it is in the Himalayas is fairly green, rich, lush kind of place, which for us thinking about building in Florida, made more sense as, as um, the kind of place we might be able to represent. So early, early on, uh, when we were talking Animal Kingdom, we tended to talk in terms of Bhutan. And the, I don't know if you have a mental picture of the architecture of Bhutan. It's, it's yeah. spectacular, uh, beautiful, colorful, uh, with these kind of Swiss chalet kind of uh, cantilevered roofs and lots of woodwork and stuff. So it seemed like it would be a really lush, lavish uh, kind of look. Um, and that's how it was in our conversation at the beginning. Um, and this trip, this is a trip that happened in 1994. Yeah, so right. So years before the opening of yeah. the, yeah, as we're still going through the process, uh, right, of uh, of uh, getting it, getting our uh, <laughs> getting our ideas put together, I would imagine. Yeah, this was before uh, the before they had made a decision to build the park, uh, which was sometime in '95, by my recollection. Um, and so it was still we were still sort of in 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 spec. Uh, and this particular trip uh, was actually the Bhutan part of the trip was part of a much longer trip across India, Indonesia. I think we were in Thailand for part of this trip. It was this massive, epic journey uh, across Asia. Um, and uh, we stayed in Bhutan, this lovely little, um, this little inn kind of place where where they had just opened and they didn't have time to get carpets yet. So they'd spread pine boughs out all over the floor. So the whole thing just smelled like fresh pine. It was really a wonderful uh, journey. Mike, before I was, hand Mike, before I hand it over yeah, to ahead. you, I just want to tell the people listening: uh, if you want, if you don't have a mental picture and you want one. Uh, Google Tiger's Nest Monetary Monastery. I'm sorry, and uh, take a look at that. I mean, just spectacular, unbelievable architecture, and exactly what uh, we've always talked about about blending people with the surroundings and the earth. I mean, it's just a it's a mind blowing place. Just when you look at the at the uh, the pictures of it. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so we, we were there. We timed it so that we would be there for a, 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 a festival that took place in the town called Paro. Paro is basically where the town you fly into, um, the only flat place in the country where you could put an airport. Um, I mean, really nothing but mountains. I mean, literally, just the whole country is mountains. Um, so so anyway, this this uh, ceremony is uh, the word they use is a tseshu. Tseshu is the word for this multi-day festival. Um, and it is mainly, obviously, they're all rituals, uh, but they're also sort of dance rituals and music rituals and these ceremonial kind of mask performances. And at the time, we were also looking, uh, a lot of the reason we were going where we were going was also to look at performance, ritual, ceremony, dance, what kind of things could happen in this park. Um, and so we specifically wanted to see this festival. Now, I'd never been to Bhutan, nor, of course, had I ever dreamed that I would ever go to Bhutan until this came up. Um, and so we're there. And, and it, it wasn't 
it was a long time ago. There were tourists there, but there are not very many tourists there. But there are thousands and thousands of local Bhutanese people from all over the country. And, and back in the day, they all wore nothing but their traditional, very colorful clothing uh, uh, when they're out in public. I don't know what they wore at home, you know, T-shirts with chips on it or something. But when they're out in public, they all wore these fantastically rich robes. And so there we were with this like incredible color everywhere and a whole variety of dances. But this one in particular, uh, this black hat dance um, really stood out to me. It's very hypnotic kind of ritual dance. And so that was the inspiration for the series of paintings uh, they came from sketches that I had done, you know, during, as you know, I sketch a lot, right? And then the paintings are based on the sketches that I do in the field. Mike, I got, I got to just throw one thing in here because he, men- right he mentioned Paro. Uh, the Paro International Airport is always on the list of the craziest places to fly into. There's only like 12 pilots that can even fly into this airport. (laughs) It it is something like eight. There's like 18,000 foot peaks around it. It's in this valley. It's, it's, it's always on there. I I can only imagine. I mean, you're, you talk about an out of the way place. He went there. It's nuts. When you're flying in, you're flying in and you're looking out the window and you can see people's faces. I mean, you know, you're just coming straight down this narrow valley. It's it's really something. And those guys are fantastic. And they have to do a kind of a hairpin hook around turn to come around and land. Um, And and there's a place uh, uh, I've been back since then several times and I stay at this one traditional kind of inn that overlooks the valley. And I swear the airplane, you know, you could like see the rivets go by and it goes by over the roof as they make their circle to land at the airport. But it is spectacular. It is beautiful. And it's a it's and it's a really um, it's a very rich and very self-aware of its richness uh, culture. They've done a great job, you know, trying really hard in the face of modern, you know, life to keep their country, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, not from just being overrun by itself. And so there's just right. lots of beautiful preserved land, animals, landscape. It's really stunning. Anyway, anyway, so the paintings. Uh, I did. And then, as you know, every year I've been trying to do a fundraising effort for this local arts community, the Santa Barbara Community Arts Workshop, which is a kind of a big communal space for all kinds of creative people, uh, not just uh, physical, uh, you know, visual artists, dance, music, uh, performance, all kinds of stuff. And it's in it's a great space and it's a great uh, community asset. Uh, and they've been trying for years to complete the master plan, to just get the whole thing done. Um, and so nowadays, what I try to do with my art, part of the reason I was up in the Arctic on another whole other thing, is to use the art purposefully, to use this art to do things with it. Um, and so um, I gave them uh, four of these paintings. These four, uh, they sort of fit together a little bit like like tiles, you know, you can make little compositions with them. They made prints of them. Uh, we've sold out of one of them. The, there's one that's an image of a drummer that is sold out. The other three, uh, they still have. And those three fit together uh, in funky, cool ways. I think more like in a line now to make a kind of progression. Like uh, So anyway, they're selling them. And I think it's going to go on for a while still. 
And all the money, I, I don't need any of this money. All this money goes to the Santa Barbara <laughs> Community Arts Workshop. Or that's the whole purpose. I've got this backlog of art everywhere, you know. And and believe me, trying to make a living as an artist is not just difficult, but it's a big headache. So it's like, no, 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 no. Here's the paintings. You guys do it. You know, keep the money. Uh, so it'll all go to them. I'm not getting a piece of this. It's just for them. You buy the art. You support the arts in uh, a community that, you know, space is expensive here. So having a space for artists in this community in particular is kind of important. Now, before we we'll talk a few more minutes about this trip to Bhutan, if you're listening at home, you should go on SB, as in Santa Barbara, C-A-W, uh, so sbcaw.org and see the paintings as we maybe talk to them, talk about them a little bit um, and certainly buy some. I already bought uh, twirling from above. So oh, great. that'll be, oh, that'll, be <laughs> that'll be up at my house one of these, you know, sooner rather than later. So great. go on there. Um, they're, they're beautiful uh, works of art. But while we're uh, let's go back to that trip real quick. Now, it's 1994. Yeah. Was this the first of the of the trips that you or had you already been to Africa? No, no, we'd been to Africa already. Okay. Uh, we I think he'd even been to Nepal uh, on a separate trip by this time. Uh, but but this trip also was in India and a lot of places we haven't really uh, touched upon. And and actually, one of the guys on the trip, I won't say who it was, <laughs> this was a fantastic trip. I mean, it took incredible effort to put this trip together, right? So we're on the airplane, in the air, leaving Los Angeles. And this guy, one of my people on my team, so white as a sheep. I'm like, hey, what's wrong? He goes, I, I, I didn't want to tell you before we left, but I literally have a phobic mortal fear of flying. <laughs> and, and not use this name, but I look at him, but are you out of your mind? We fly 25 times on this trip, 25 airplanes. Wow. And the guy who was our guide had been an ex-military pilot for the Greek Air Force. So everywhere we went, he'd look at a plane and go, wow, I haven't seen one of these before. You know, they don't use that at a table anymore. And, you know, like, look at the landing gear here. Man, that looks like 1957. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, oh, my God. <laughs> at one point, we were we were landing in Agra, right? And it's nighttime. We've been flying all day long. We're coming down. You know, the airplane makes a sound that it makes when it's going to land. You can tell it's going to land, right? And there's nothing out there. It's pitch black. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's like the middle of the ocean. Nothing. And we're coming down. We're coming down. I can tell we're coming down. The landing gear, you can hear the landing gear are coming out. Where are we, right? And finally, as we land, I look out and there are burning piles of trash and trash cans burning because the power is out and they've lit the <laughs> runway with burning piles of stuff for us to land. Anyway, by the end of this trip, there are many stories like this on this one trip. By the end of this trip, uh, this guy goes, I have to thank you because I think I'm over my fear of flying <laughs> because of all this stuff that happened. So that was kind of a fun secondary aspect of, of the trip. But it was it was really it was wonder it was it was one of these things. It was back at a time when, you know, once you've made a decision about what you're going to do, you know, you're really targeted, right? Really targeted. Uh, the nature of these trips is very different with these early recon trips. And we still do them, you know, Um uh, when there's a new idea coming, but the early recon trips are wonderful because you're so open to so much because you're not sure yet what you're going to do. And you don't want to over specify 
because you might see something better than you thought you were going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you see something, you're like, oh, no, that's what we should do. Um, and so they're just wonderful experiential time to be somewhere because you're, you're not um, overly driven by goal-directed mission of like, look, we got to get to this place. We got to measure these bricks. We got to photograph this window. You know, we got to pace this thing off. We got to talk to these four people. We got to go to that factory. It's not that kind of trip. It's a little bit more open uh, kind of trip. So it was wonderful. And, and the country was wide open at the time. And we saw a fair amount of the the western part of Bhutan, you know, driving, uh, you know, these incredible windy roads through these mountains with these valleys that are thousands of feet deep um, and incredibly dense forest full of monkeys. It was cool. Now, I, like, who makes the decision actually to go to, like, here, Bhutan? I mean, how is that decision actually made? Where well, are you going to go? Know, this is the kind of thing, um, there's a, this is a long time ago now. I would right. be one of the leads in this because I'm the lead researcher, right? So I'm sitting down with a small group of people who are the leadership of the team, and we're just kind of going, what do we need to see? What are we even trying to do here? What is this even what are we even trying to do? I think at this time, if I'm not mistaken, at this time, we, no, it can't be. We had not approved the park yet, but we were working on the potential for the Asian part of the park. Well, Asia is gigantic and it means mm-hmm. a million things, right? So you got to boil that down. And what are the parts of Asia that are relevant to the issues of wildlife and animal conservation? Where let's, where are those places? What kind of things happen in those places? But on top of where is it feasible to even go? You may want to go somewhere. You're not going there. It's just not feasible, right? Um so for one reason or another, you know, just we cannot go there. Like I would have loved to have figured out some reason we should have gone to Myanmar back in the day when it was mm-hmm. Burma. just not going. Um, so you're making this kind of punch list of what do we what do we need to learn? What do we think we might want to see? Where is it feasible to go? Um, and then once we get ourselves to the other side of the ocean, how much can we get done before we have to be back? Because, it, the, you know, it costs a lot of money to just get there. And it doesn't cost that much to be there, but it costs a lot to get there. So once you're there, you're like, look, we're just going to plug away until we run out of time. Um, because I, we're not doing this twice, you know? This is it. Let's go do the recon trip. So you kind of are boiling it down on the one hand and experimenting a little. Like, I don't know if this will work. I don't know if this is relevant. But it, if it is, it's gonna, it, it could be really valuable, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you, you said, you know, where were you actually in the design process? I know it hadn't been approved yet, but you, you had already figured oh, oh, no, out there was going to be an Asia oh, yeah, section, have, right? Oh, there's going to be an Asia. There's okay. going to be – if you look – if you look – if you go plugging around at the available renderings of Disney's Animal Kingdom, there's a mm-hmm. shot. Uh, it's an it's a early concept rendering, and it's sort of looking across – like a slight aerial view. Um, it's one of mine, I think, looking down on what became Discovery Island across the lake. And on the far side of the lake, you can see a little mountain there and you can see a very, very Bhutanese looking um, mm-hmm. building. And at that time, that was going to be some kind of snow leopard, safari, Asian, cold weather, interior, refrigerated 
animal thing. Uh, <laughs> it would have to be. never happen. Never happen. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, and 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 in the end, for practical reasons, everything drifted more towards Nepal for a lot of reasons. Uh, and and the Bhutanese stuff ended up being less less feasible than we thought it would be, harder to do than we thought it would be. And so we drifted over to uh, Nepalese kind of settings because they're easier to produce, um, mm -hmm. easier production um, uh, locations you could get to, uh, easier to get to, <clears throat> a lot of reasons. It's, and that that's not, that's literally like a strategic practical kind of thing. There's not anything more than just like, look, this is not going to end up practical. This is practical. We can do this. And so then you just shift all the focus in that direction and, and go that way. Um, so so it was during a period when there were still possibilities of branches. But you're pretty if you'd looked at a plan of the park, it would have been pretty obvious. There's a great big African area over here. Right. There's a great big Asian area over here. Um, you know, there's an island in the middle. I think this was back when. Um, you know, this is all sort of funky insidery kind of stuff, but you know where um, the Lion King Theater sits now, where it sure. now uh, up in the town. There used to be a big loop of the river that went all the way up in there. So the river actually went up to where the hippos were in the safari and came back again. And again, mm. that turned to be like, yeah, how about if we don't do that? Because that costs, <laughs> like, that costs a fortune, like a fortune. <laughs> um, but there's a, you know, so it was late in the evolution, but not the final Okay. Uh, of the park working on and, and this was all going and you also said you you know you were looking at himalayan areas that we wanted to represent even back then in 1994 were you thinking there would be like an a himalayan section uh, uh i mean oh, i'm well, sure yeah, expedition I mean, everest it, wasn't it, in it, your mind but no 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 we're sort of thinking look how many places are there where there are animals that are interesting that people want to see and that and and this is before that rendering, the one that shows the the Bhutanese mountain and all, mm -hmm. from before, before we had made this decision, uh, because we're learning as we're going. We've got all these zoological people and design people and animal people all involved as we go. Like, you know what? It, 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 the environment of Florida is not a place where you really want to even try to do this refrigerated, closed right. air conditioning. Right? That's just not what we're going to do. We're going to stick with animals that can happily live where we are um, because because then the environment is more natural. The way you see them is more natural. It becomes more about them and less about some funky design solution that you you know how you can draw attention away. Uh, even, you know, the best enclosed big giant rainforest in a. Oh, I think we lost them. I think we did. You're right. We want them focused oh. in the end. We lost you there for a second, Joey. Can you hear us? Oh, uh, yes, I can. I don't we know. just you lost back. you for yep. a second. Now you're back. Yep, yep. You're fine. Okay, great. Anyway, anyway, so we just didn't want attention on on architecture. We wanted the attention on right. nature and animals, and so that led us the way it led us. Okay. Um, and you know, I mean, I do love the look of that whole area. I just really, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful part of the park, as you, as you well know. Oh yeah. Now, this trip to Bhutan, and I want to ask you about the black hat dance in particular, because that's the 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 prints that we're doing. Yeah. Uh, well, let's ask you that first. I mean, that was at Peru. I mean, what what is the black hat dance? I mean, what was it? Sure, what, sure, what is sure. that ceremony? The 
the black hat dance has to do uh, with one of the Buddhist, it's almost like the, a, a Buddhist saint, a guy named Padma Sambhava. He's the guy credited with um, spreading Buddhism through the Himalayas, but also in, in sort of myth and legend, he's credited with taming the wild native spirits of the land, all the, all the earth spirits, the local deities that were there. But, you know, he sort of converts them to guardians of the faith because, uh, you know, it, it's Buddhism. So they're not going to like kill them or anything. You're just going to convert them. Anyway, so there's this whole underlying idea of redirecting the negative energy, charging the... Uh, redirecting and capturing and redirecting the negative energy to become this positive uh, energy. So this dance is sort of an energy dance. It's supposed to be uh, capturing and redirect. It's in a sense kind of a, <clears throat> a fierce ceremonial dance that captures and redirects negative energy into positive uh, energy. Um, and when you watch it happen, the guys come out and those drums you know, they hold, have a, they have like a handle and then the drum and they're drumming in this very rhythmic, it's not necessarily musical, right? It's almost more like, like trance drumming, like they're drum, 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 bum, 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 very, very um, steady rhythmic drum drumming. And they're moving very slowly, <clears throat> very slow, uh, but they're moving as if they're moving quickly, weird, like they're doing some kind of slow motion movement as if they were uh, moving quickly, you know, legs in the air and arms outstretched. And then at some kind of signal, it switches and they're, they're drumming really fast and they're spinning, whirling. And they don't just whirl. It's hard to explain, but they're whirling, obviously, on the vertical axis. <clears throat> but then they'll bend over and they're also whirling kind of sideways like the tail rotor on a helicopter. Um, and so all these ribbons and all this skirts and all this stuff is going everywhere, all over the place. You can almost not tell where the person is in there. And then they come back and then they start the whole thing all over again. And this kind of repeats and repeats. And in this blazing white, like this is just this whitewashed stone courtyard um, it, and this saturated color. Uh, it was just an incredible vision of a thing. And the prints are are beautiful. So again, everybody go out and 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 go get get yourself some. So they're fantastic. But um, one other question about Bhutan for me, and and then if Dave has any others, I mean, is there is there anything from this trip to Bhutan? If, if anybody asked you if there's a little bit of Bhutan in Disney's Animal Kingdom, how would you how would you respond to that, if at all? Quite a, we we went back to get quite a few props from Bhutan when we were doing there. That you go and. The original Expedition Everest queue line was going to be Bhutan. And hmm. in the middle of design, we were like, oh, we cannot do it. It's too expensive. So we, we basically redirected our design to another region, the Himalayas, uh, where they don't have those elaborate roofs and they don't have as much complicated wood. Um, but for what, the early sketches of Expedition Everest, before we called it Expedition Everest, uh, we're also Bhutan because Bhutan has a very rich tradition of legends of, of the Yeti. Uh, and so it was a natural place to look first. Um, but we just, you know, we tried as we will. We could not make it. Uh, and so, again, we redirected. Uh, um, so the, 
that some of the footprints, some of the blockiness of the buildings, even though they actually authentically look like a completely other uh, area we went to, um, this area of central Nepal, the, the reason Bhutanese architecture looks the way it looks is that it is an adaptation of Tibetan architecture mm-hmm. for a tropical environment. Um, and so what we ended up doing is the actual more Tibetan style architecture without the tropical adaptations. That's what made it so expensive. So we do think these things I and mean, you can't just do, you know, that's how things get done. They get done because they're feasible to be done, you know. Um, and so it's not as pure as this is my intention and now I'm going to do it. It's like this is my intention. These are the limitations. Now, what are we going to do? Um, and that's how we ended up with it. I very, I love what we have, but but it, we kind of redirected off of Bhutan uh, pretty early in the process because once again we found oh, we can't do this. It's just too much. Hmm. Dave, do you have anything else about Bhutan? Because I have a couple of other different questions. No, no, no we can move on. Yeah, yeah. Other than just to say spcaw.org, uh, put your mouse yep. over the upcoming thing, and you'll see it says Roadie Fundraiser. You just click that, and that'll take you to what you what you want. Uh, it's open until October fifth. So uh, uh, again, if one is sold out, but there's three that are not, and they're all amazing. So just <laughs> just get on there and 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 make it happen. And only the other thing I would say is um, a couple of years ago, I flew into Saint Bart's which is also on the list of the craziest airports one has to fly into. <laughs> and I will agree with your, uh, your uh, colleague that once you do something like that, flying in and out of Newark or LAX <laughs> just ain't that big a deal anymore. You're right. It just, it just can't get your blood up. I'm sorry. Um, so anyway, so that's happening. Um, and yeah, so we can move on to what other, any other questions? Oh, I, I, we'll talk about this other thing I'm doing, uh, whenever you get a chance, but whatever questions. Sure. We'll, we'll absolutely talk about it, but before we, uh, just two real quick questions because D 23 just happened and I know people yeah, want to yeah, know your thoughts. Uh, we have been told that the tree of like, basically it's, bu- it's tough to be a bug is, is going to leave and be replaced by some sort of Zootopia show. I just want to know what your, what your thoughts are on that. You know, I, I'm interested to see. I think this is a very clever way of of addressing the problems of a Zootopia character at Animal Kingdom. Because within that tree, you know, they can form more. It's more like they're spokespersons. They can be the role of a talking animal that's like a human because they're in a place where they're going to talk to you. They're going to address you, presumably, I presume. So I think of all the possible places you could do this, this is an interesting choice. It's interesting. I know absolutely, truly nothing, like black (laughs) hole nothing about what this show might be other than the picture that I saw and thinking through, okay, true life, it's right in the middle of the park. What are you going to do? Blah, blah, blah. What might you be able to do that? I know nothing. Um, But it's an interesting strategic choice if you want to go that way. I think more viable than some of the other uh, ideas that we've heard bandied about. Right. I mean, I, I've had numerous arguments with people on X about the quote-unquote no pants rule, uh, which applies to Zootopia. But I, I agree with you. I think it's I think it's an yeah, interesting I mean, choice. You know, it's easy. This is a long conversation about this, you know. the well, Not that we're going to, but the no yeah. pants rule is really a metaphor. We want 
we want to talk about animals and nature. We want things in this park to revolve around animals and the nature of animals. That's what we want. Um, and so, so to this is a the, the forum of the tree of life seems like a really interesting place to try to do that with these characters. I think that's interesting. Knowing nothing, truly nothing. Uh, but I think that's an interesting staging possibility. The other one, of course, was that, and, and they didn't even say that this was a definite, but uh, Tropical America will replace Dinoland. Now, of course, I love Dinoland, the backstory, all of, all of about Dinoland. But what are your thoughts on a, perhaps a Tropical America coming and what you saw on the, on the concept art? Well, I, mean, I just saw that aerial view. So, I, you know, we, we all can see what the aerial view is. Um, I think it looks cool. Uh, um, we've tried, you know, that's another thing we tried over and over and over again to figure out some way to do a tropical America thing. So the idea that there might be a tropical America thing, that sounds cool. Um, what it is, I could, I, you, I can look at the picture like anybody. Can go, <laughs> right. Uh, that looks like it used to be Restaurantosaurus over there. Yeah, you know? yeah. um, the pyramid looks great. If you want to, yeah, it um, does. Yeah. Okay. So, so there is a. Um, if you look at that little red pyramid, um, look up. Uh, um, it, that little red pyramid looks like uh, there's a there's a pyramid in Guatemala that's like a Rick. Can't remember the name of it. They. It's one of these pyramids that was buried inside of another pyramid. And so hmm. it's very, very well preserved. And that's what that little pyramid looks like, which, again, would be great. That's great. That shows that people are studying, doing homework, not just going back to the same tequila label zigzag thing, you know, <laughs> all good. All good. Um, so, you know, that looked interesting. It did, and the picture is beautiful. It looks like yes. a beautiful place. It looks like it could be cool. I just um, hope there are animals. I hope there are animal exhibits in there. That's all I. Yeah, that's well, all I say. You know, there could be animals. And again, you remember, it's 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 huge. I mean, there's not live animals in Pandora. There's sure. you know, but there's definitely thematic resonance. There's definitely uh, relevance. Mm -hmm. um, so so you just have to. And it's so easy. Everybody gets so wrapped around the axle. Design. I'm gonna just. You know, I think I've said this to you guys before. There's really only one design that is the design that is running three years after you open that's the, <laughs> right that's the design right what this thing will be three years after it opens who knows <laughs> who knows is right <laughs> well um that's all i have for for d23 and i know uh, you got something coming up that i that it sounds fascinating oh, yeah. so wait until yeah. everybody a little bit about it okay so I try to keep myself busy. Um, um, another thing that's happening, there's a place, if you're in the L.A. area, uh, there's a place in La Cañada called Descanso Gardens. It's the big arboretum. And they have a gallery there at a place called the Body House. And I, I, I was on the board for many years of a thing called the Arroyos and Foothills Conservancy. Arroyos and Foothills Conservancy works on land acquisition and wildlife corridors all through the foothills surrounding um, the northern los angeles area because it's really valuable for all the wildlife there anyway <clears throat> we put together an exhibit and i helped uh, with the design of the exhibit uh called living uh, in a wildlife corridor and it's full of beautiful photography and installations trying to show people instruct them and teach them what it's like to live in proximity to nature but in the show is also a series of paintings that i did 
um, that are of recovering burned areas because our foothills burn all the time. Uh, and then, you know, two years later, they look like nothing ever happened. Um, so my paintings are there. There's actually a life-size cutout of me sketching in the wilderness. Uh, and I'm <laughs> there. So any of the salient Do you get to keep that after the... Uh... <laughs> Sunday, the 17th of September at 11 o'clock, I will be uh, speaking there about the art, about sketching, about wildlife conservation, about wildlife corridors. Uh, and I'll be there from 11 to 12 or so at the Body House at Descanso Gardens uh, with these paintings. And I think they're going to bring out some of the other paintings that weren't out on exhibit. So it'll be a little bit of an art show uh, and uh, me talking about the value of sketching and art and working out in nature and all of that. So if that kind of thing interests you, I will be there uh, and I'll see you there. Okay. Um, Dave, anything else? No, I <laughs> did it all there <laughs> as always. <laughs> So again, everybody go to, uh, I will have in my, all my social media links to, to this art sale, please go and, and it's for a good cause and it's beautiful art. So absolutely. And Joe, thank you very much for being on. Oh no, I love you guys. It's great. It's really fun. Thanks again. 